0: Luke 24. Got a lot going on today. We, uh, I don't know, I guess this is okay to say. We, uh, Cody was supposed to lead worship this morning, but they're uh, having a baby. So, um, on the off chance that they're tuned into the live stream there in the hospital room. Uh, hey guys, uh, we're with you. Pumped up for you. And uh, just very, very thankful for you both. Love you. and very excited to see what God will do. And so we've been shuffling a bit this morning. And I'm uh, just... Just very just glad to be with you. We are in making a transition. Uh, we did a five-year study of Mark and uh, kind of wrapped that up and then uh, kind of went into like a mini, like a little short series looking at the different encounters that Jesus had with different people uh, from after his resurrection. So between community groups and Sundays, we've looked at uh, Peter and Thomas and Mary Magdalene, and this week in groups, look at the, the two unnamed disciples on the road to Emmaus. Look at the Great Commission, um, and we're going to transition. So next Sunday, we'll start a four-week series uh, dealing specifically with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pentecost Sunday falls on one of those Sundays, and so we're going gonna, we're gonna uh, to get into the weeds a little bit, as, as they say. And, and I would like to invite you into the weeds. Uh, I need some help from you. I would like to know very specifically, what are the things that you would like to hear taught on regarding the Holy Spirit? You probably have some questions. Um, There's probably some really specific things that you either want to learn more about or you've never really maybe heard it addressed before or things that have always been mysterious to you. And if you think that by me throwing this out to both services that I'm going to get 600 emails, I, I will get not very many. So don't worry about overwhelming me with, with that kind of stuff. I'd, a lot of times I'll ask for feedback and I don't get it. So I'm telling you, I want the feedback as much as you can can give me because I really feel like that's supposed to help shape what those four weeks are like. So please just uh, email in anything that you would maybe like hope to hear about and we'll see where that goes. And so we're in between... The resurrection appearances and the sending of the Spirit, and there's something really significant that is right there. Something that had to happen in order to move things forward, but it's not just a a plot device. The ascension of Jesus is a really, really important, important truth for us. And so, the last couple years, I'm trying to take time at various points and get into the importance of the ascension, and so. Um, if you If you have the kind of memory that remembers the last couple of years' worth of things and you 'll this will be like reminders uh if you don 't have that kind of memory like i don 't have that kind of memory uh, maybe it'll it 'll just be like good good things to uh to take note of and as we kind of build this understanding that when the ascension is referenced, certain things come to mind and so let 's let's let 's read let 's read the text and then uh we 'll look at the uh some of what these points are. Luke 24, starting in 44. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out, as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. Okay? So, Jesus died, was buried, was resurrected. Uh, Over like a 40-day span, he was Uh, There were hundreds of eyewitnesses that saw him. Uh, So very public death, very public resurrection. He had been telling them, just like he says in this text, uh, he told his disciples on that Thursday night of Holy Week, he says, I've I've, I've got to go so that the helper can come, so that the spirit can come, which we'll get into next week. And so his departure, though, that's that's the thing that seems like just like a like I said, like a storytelling device to move the, move the plot forward. But, but what does the ascension, what, is it, what does it mean? What, are, what do we need to think of when we hear it? Um, Jesus literally ascending and like leaving. You know, He didn't just vanish. They had to watch him go. If he had just vanished, they would always wonder where he went. But they saw it. They were eyewitnesses of this. And so they saw him go into heaven, whatever that might mean. And so let me, give you, let me give you three things this morning to uh, that when you hear ascension, these three reasons why this, is an, this impacts us, things it's good to think about. The first one is that Jesus is in heaven. might seem kind of obvious, but it's very important. That's where he is. That, that Jesus being raised from the dead, being this recreated and, and right there for them to see, that that same Jesus that Thomas saw, that Peter saw, that Mary Magdalene saw, that all those hundreds of eyewitnesses saw, he's, he's still present in heaven. Same body, same scars that he showed to Thomas, present in heaven. And I think that's kind of cool, you know. Like Lazarus, raised from the dead, but eventually grew old and died. Jesus? No. He just he just relocated from our space of Earth into God's space of Heaven. So in the Bible, when Heaven is referenced, sometimes it's talking it's talking about um, like God, like when David says, "I've sinned against Heaven," he's talking about God. Uh, there are are other times when um, it's referring to like like the cosmos and the, like the sky the that God is the creator of of the heavens and the earth, you know. But heaven, in this sense, is talking about like where it's it's God's space, where God, uh, where His presence and His glory are fully known and experienced. Um, earth is our space where humans are, right? And in in our space, we're we're trying to declare independence from God. Because we live under this lie that we're pretty awesome, you know. We would make a a good God. We make a good king, we make a good whatever. And so we're this is our space where what we say goes. Heaven is God's space where what he says goes. And there's a there's a veil in between them. And so I grew up thinking that heaven was like way up in the sky, Right. right? Probably not just me. The heaven's way up there, and we're way down here. I remember hearing uh, p- people say, like worship leaders would uh, would pray and ask God to pull his chair up to the edge of heaven and look over and hear the, the songs of his people. And that's sweet sentiment, but just not true. It just uh, That's not how Jesus would have thought of heaven. The Jewish way of thinking of heaven is that heaven and earth are they they are uh, this they're overlapping and interconnecting that heaven is not far away the heaven is here in this room that 's why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen He says because heaven is not really far away we don't we don't have to make the music super loud and like have a retractable roof. Uh, arena, so that like God can really hear us and all that stuff. Like it's, he's he's here. Heaven is here. That the bodily resurrected Jesus is not far from where you sit at all. That's how, That was that's the Jewish idea of heaven. That's the idea of heaven that Jesus never corrected, but only enhanced, deepened, and made more beautiful and as the story of the bible unfolds you see earth as our space and heaven as god's space you you see these places where those two overlap with one another and it, it it begins when we see things like the ark of the covenant that's heaven and earth overlapping we see the we see uh, solomon's temple is built and the holy of holies is in the middle middle and that's where those two things overlap and then Jesus shows up, and guess where the overlap is then? It's him. He's the overlap. That's why he's like, this temple is going to get destroyed. But I, I'm where heaven and earth overlap now. And then Jesus ascending, going into heaven, sending the Spirit to dwell within us. Guess, guess, guess where the overlap is now? You and me. We're the overlapping, interconnecting place where heaven and earth meet. Not because we're awesome, but because Christ in us is the hope of glory. That's why. And so Jesus has ascended, has essentially just crossed through the veil that separates heaven and earth. The veil that sometimes makes heaven feel super far away, and then other times it's so thin you're just you don't have, you don't have to take much convincing to believe that heaven and earth are overlapping. You know? he just ascended, but he really just crossed over into into that space. So what does that mean? What does that mean for us? In one sense, it doesn't have to mean anything for us. You know, like that could just be enough. It doesn't have to benefit us at all. That's what Jesus did, and that is incredible. But, like most things, that standing on their own, theologically, there are things that should be, and that's just enough right there. But God just makes it better by sharing that with us. And so, why does that have anything to do with us? One thing is that the welcoming of Jesus into heaven is further confirmation that for those who are in Christ Jesus, uh, we are free from our sins, like we are forgiven. That when Jesus says it is finished, and the Father agrees with him in raising him from the dead, uh, him, him going into heaven just just adds one more layer of confirmation that he really did take care of it all. And so when we think ascension, we should also just be reminded once again of the completeness of the cross because of the power of God. Also, when we think of the ascension, we should be able to look at, at what's happening with Jesus and to be able to see ourselves like he has set the pattern for us that we will follow. That he is showing us what, what your future looks like in Christ. That if you are in Christ, we can, you can look at what's happened to him and say, well, that's going to happen to me. That because of what he has done, and that by his grace, he's invited us to put faith in that, that we can say, we too one day as new creations will be in the full unfiltered com- completely like full glory amazing incredible presence of God ruling over all things with him forever like what's happened to Jesus will happen to you and to me We have to see that for for what it is and in 1 Corinthians 15:20 Paul says, in in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. First fruit being the, the first part of the crop that tells you what the rest of the crop is going to look like. And so when Jesus says, I am making all things new. when the scriptures say, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Jesus is the prototype of that. He's he's the, that, that's what N.T. Wright calls him, the, the prototype. He's He's showing us what new creation looks like. Not only what new creation looks like, but but the destiny, like the arrival point, the the future of what the new creation means and looks like and is. And so we too will follow in his steps. Remember the story, remember when uh Joshua was leading Israel to cross the Jordan again to go in and take the promised land, and God had the leaders go first. So you step into the water first. You gotta show them all that it's safe. No, well, Jesus He just went first, right? I mean we couldn't have done it without him, of course, but He's shown us like hey it's it's safe. You really can live your life with the confidence and the assurance. Of what's going to happen for you in the future. You're not crazy for building your whole life on this. Because Jesus has ascended into heaven. That's a part of it. And so in Hebrews 12. 1 and 2. Pretty familiar passage. says therefore. Since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Meaning. If heaven is not way up there, but heaven is right here, then heaven surrounds us, not only the resurrected Jesus, but those who have gone ahead of us. In some capacity, I know that's like a whole, I just like knocked over a can of worms, didn't even mean to. But the, heaven is like championing us. Heaven is watching what is going on. Heaven is heaven is with us. In some some capacity, some mysterious way, Those who've gone ahead of us are connected to what is happening because heaven is not far away. Since we're surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race that's set before us. As we do that, what are we supposed to do? Verse 2, look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, because Jesus is there, we can keep going. We can make it. We, we can endure whatever. What we are having to endure is nothing compared to what he endured. If he can make it, you can make it, I can make it. We, we're not crazy, Right? We're told constantly that we are crazy, right? More and more and more and more. And yes, it takes faith, and yes, we're we're putting a lot, a lot on this whole thing that we never have seen with our eyes. But in that why, Jesus, when talking to Thomas, in that why he said, Blessed are those who have never seen, and yet they believe. Jesus understands this is a lot. And so he has gone ahead of us to show us, hey, it's it's safe. Totally safe. So that's the first thing. And that kinda of tells us where Jesus is. Jesus is in heaven. So what is he doing? What is he doing there? Is he relaxing? I mean he's earned he's he's earned it, right? Earned a day off here and there. What is he doing while he's there? Well the verse we just read tells us a part of it. Because this is Hebrews twelve two. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, we, we read that and process that very differently than they would have. There's two big, big ideas happening that w- would have communicated something to a first century audit audience. One is that he is seated. When you are seated, it means that, that, that you have completed the work that you set out to do. That's, that's what that meant for them. And so the fact that he is seated means that, uh, it's again, further confirmation that it really is finished. He really has freed his people. The work really has been done. But he's not, he's not through with, with us though. Like the redemption of you and I, that's accomplished. But he's not like, Well, I wash my hands of it now, you know. He's 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 still doing something else. And that's indicated by where he is seated. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now we know from places like Psalm one ten and Hebrews one and Ephesians one and first Peter three, that the right hand is a place of honor and authority. So, not only has he completed his work and is ready to sit down, but God the Father was like, right here. You get the seat of honor and the seat of authority. So, when Jesus stands before his disciples and he tells them, all the authority of heaven and earth have been given to me, he's not just like pontificating, right? He's not just like, man, this would make a really good opener, this would be really convincing. He's telling them something that is already true and then he ascends and goes and walks in the truth of that, in the reality of that. That for him to be seated at the right hand of the throne of God proves that all authority really has been given to him. That's why the hymn that we, uh, it's, it's a hymn in the New Testament era. Uh, we know it as Philippians 2, 9 through 11. That's why verses like this are true. As God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's 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 real life that's happening. This is a this is a reality that we're sitting in in this moment no matter what no matter what the like world events tell you no matter what your emotional state tells you no matter what your circumstances tell you no matter what your bank account tells you that is the reality that Jesus is above all of it it proves scriptures like Ephesians 1:19 through 23 which which we want so much to believe and there's that part of us sometimes that kind of holds back but the ascension of Jesus says no 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 like build your life on these passages What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above some of the rule, no, all rule and authority and power and dominion. And above every name that you can name. Not only in this age, but in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You will not find something that Jesus is not ruling over. As vast as the earth is, as vast as like, like I follow a couple of like, like well, this one in particular, this like NASA account on Instagram. And every time I'm just, it just blows my mind how, how massive the universe is. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's all under my feet. It's all under my feet. So, because he is ruling over all those things, he can handle your life. He can handle your mess. He's he's over you. He's over over your family. He's over your kids. He's over your friendships. He's he's over anything that I could name, and I rattle off one of those like preacher things, and they name much stuff. Anything I can name, he's over it. And authority over that. He's ruling over that. So where is Jesus? He's in heaven. What is he doing? He's ruling. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. All the authority given to him. And what does he want to do with it? He wants to take care of you. He wants to take care of me. He wants to keep the universe doing what the universe does. And at the same time, he wants to meet you and be like, hey, I know, I know the bank account right now is a struggle. We're going to make it, though. I'm going to walk you through it. Hey, I know forgiveness is, is difficult, but I know how to do it. On Mother's Day, all you, all you moms and dads out there who pray for your kids and you worry about them, he's above it. He's got them. All the things that I could name. If he can handle sin and death and Satan, he can handle whatever little messy stuff you bring to the table as well. And I find great comfort in that. And don't hear me saying that your choices don't matter, your decisions don't. Don't be like, oh, that's a pass to me, just go do whatever I want. That's that's not at all what I'm saying. Our decisions absolutely matter. They're just not. There's not ultimate. He's not going to freak out, realize that something is underneath has come out from under the umbrella of his authority. It just doesn't work that way. So Jesus in heaven, what is he doing? He's ruling the right hand of the Father, the seat of authority. He's ruling over everything. But he's not only ruling. Third thing that he is praying. Jesus is the prayer warrior. I don't remember where I first heard that phrase, but it's you know somebody being a prayer warrior. But I, like, I knew exactly what it meant as soon as I hear it. It just it perfectly encapsulates it. And Jesus is he's the he's the ultimate prayer warrior. That's what he's choosing to do with that authority and that power. Bible tells us that he is our great high priest. He, he's made the sacrifice for sin and brought us safely near to God. But he continues to do that. Like he, the, the cross took care of, of that. But now we enter into this relationship with him. And he's, he's constantly constantly there interceding, praying for us, uh, standing in the gap for us, keeping us connected to God and so when we see this all throughout all throughout the book of Hebrews, Hebrews seven and nine and ten, we 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 see this beautiful picture of Christ constantly making intercession for His people, and that can mean prayer, that can mean advocacy, it can mean it means so many so many things that that Jesus is, uh, He's whatever you need Him to be in any moment that you'll ever have. Everything that you need him to be, he will be for you. Andrew Murray said that about John 15 and the vine and the branches. He said Jesus is telling us everything that that a branch needs the vine to be to it. He will be to you today. It's incredible. What do you need? Advocacy? He's there. He's been tempted in every way, just like you are, but without sin. So he has he has been there. You you are understood by the one who's seated at the right hand of the Father of God in heaven. He he gets it. When you aren't sure how to pray and you just feel like your prayers aren't even aren't even getting getting off the ground, guess who is amplifying those prayers? It's going through Jesus to the Father. He's the mediator. He's taking that prayer of like, well, he doesn't really know what to say here, but I. I know what to say. He didn't really feel like, he didn't really have the faith, but I I have the faith. He doesn't believe in himself, but I believe in him. I can go on and on and on and on. In John 15, verse five, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus, in His intercession, is keeping us from being apart from Him. He's holding you, even on those days when you don't want to be held. You know, even in those days where you uh, you're just trying really hard to just do your own thing. Even though you may feel like you have successfully disconnected from Him, you're just not that. You're just not that powerful. He'll let you feel that way, you know. Like it will yeah. but the reality is, you're his. Like he's keeping you. When we speak that blessing over one another, uh, over one another at the end of services, the Lord bless you and and keep you. Keep you where connected to Him. That's what we're. That's what we're speaking over one another. That's what Jesus is doing by by standing in between us and God, by by keeping that connection there, by praying for us, by being our our advocate, by being whatever it is that we need him to be to us, he's willing to do that. That means that in this moment right now, he is being for you what you need him to be. Isn't that a weird thought to think Jesus is praying for you right now? Jesus is praying for your processing of the songs and scriptures from today right now he's he's praying for your humility he's praying for your teachability he's 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 praying that you will, will be eager to try to apply this stuff and grab onto this stuff that's that's what we see him praying for his disciples he's praying for the the unity between you and the lord that's when we see jesus praying those are the things that he's pray he prays for and so everything is being held in place by the faithful love and the power of Jesus. So, the ascension of Jesus, when I say it doesn't just move the plot forward, this this is huge for us. And when we hear that, it's just a simple little part of the story, right? But it means so much. And if we can get to where we can say, yeah, well, Jesus is right now in heaven, like his, his body is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. He's ruling over things, and he's coming to meet me to give me what I need. It's, it's, it's this, this incredible, like, he's the servant king, right? He's the king that is ruling, and he's the servant that's like, what do you, what do you need me to do? I'll, I'll be that for you. It's all happening at one time. And if he feels far away... He's not. It's just a feeling. You now part of what we do when we come together is we there are these feelings that we bring to the table and feelings are, are not, like they're, they're fine, they're just not, they're not always the best indicator of reality. And so we come together and we are transformed by the renewing of our minds and we're reminded he may feel far away, but he is not far away. may feel like the, the government is, is in control. It may feel like the enemy is winning. It may feel like the stock market is dictating a lot of uh, things right now. All those things may seem, but remember, he's over all of it. And he's serving his people at the same time. That's so how he's chosen to live his life. Until it's time to come back and get us. He lives to do that. So I don't I don't know if this is encouraging to you if it's a little confusing to you I hope though that this builds some assurance within us the ascension of Jesus is, should be a confidence builder for us it should speak deeply to the very practical things that we're going on but it should also put us in awe of like what what kind of God would do this for people that are as messy as we can be or maybe maybe just me I'm not sure. As messy as we can be, he's like, "No, no, no! I want to, I want to hold all things together, and I want to meet my daughters and my sons in their mess, and be what they need me to be." Let me read this last passage of scripture before we sing. Think about all those things, kind of compress that in, if you if you can. Um, let me read the end of Romans eight. With all that in mind, and see. See if this kind of helps us get where Paul is coming from. What What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? As it's written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, (laughs) in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God In Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's a confident dude right there. And the confidence that he walks in is not in his own awesomeness. In the fact that Jesus is who he says he is. And he has done what he said that he has done. And he will do what he said that he is going to do. And right now is active and present among us. Um, I, ho- I hope that that uh, does what it's supposed to do uh, for us. That, that truth meets you where you are. And so, as we have come to do in the COVID era, era, we used to do communion and different things. But we're just going to we're going to be the people of God, and we're going to sing. Uh, so people, God's people, have done that for so so long. What are we going to do in response? We're going to pray. We're going to sing. And so, how about you stand with me? as the musicians come back, and I'll pray for us, and then we will sing. Jesus, what a, what a humbling thing to know that, that you are big enough to meet each of us individually in this moment and to know what we need and how to be for us who we need you to be. That you can be the encourager for those who need that, that you can be uh, you can give direction for those who need that. You can bring conviction for no, for those who need that. You can bring assurance for those who need that. Anything I could come up with, you were, you can meet that because you you're just so good and so so big. And I know that the, the practical side of this and how it benefits us is uh, it's just so stunning. But what's greater than all that is is who who you are and what this says about you. And so as important as the practical outworkings are, it's not more important than us just being in awe of your goodness and your strength. In your beauty and and how you have chosen to care for those who are important to you, and so may we receive what you have for us this morning. May we, may we just drink it in, you know. But what we need to, that to produce is is worship and a reverence and a love for who you are and what you are doing, what you have done, what you will do. And so as we sing this morning, um, would you just help to ease us into that place that we would just lift your name, which is above all the other names. As we lift you high, um, We just want you to be honored above all else this morning.